Find this podcast and others like it at the number one new media network, Podshow.com. Better, Better, faster, faster, stronger. stronger. And now with new minty fresh scent. The Bible Study Podcast, episode 24. Today, the Bible Study Podcast looks at Ephesians 6 and the armor of God. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today's subject is actually one that's been a long time coming. Last summer, during Labor Day weekend, along with two other speakers, I was the speaker at the Labor Day retreat for my church, Bethel Lutheran Church in Cupertino. And the subject was the armor of God. And so I had quite a lot of chance to think about these verses here in Ephesians 6 and had a chance to teach one session on this particular chapter. And so I've been meaning to do this for some time. It was actually teaching at that retreat that led me to think about doing this podcast. So let's look at the first part of those verses. Starting in verse 10 of chapter 6 of Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. I think the first thing that I see in these verses is that Paul is telling us that there is a struggle. There is a battle. He's telling us, in fact, that we're going to be under attack, because he starts here with, be strong and put on the full armor of God. There's definitely a lot of this, is starting with, that there's going to be an attack. But he's very clear that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, that our struggle is not against people. I was thinking about that somewhat recently because of some news that I get. I'm on a mailing list for the Gospel for Asia, and the Gospel for Asia is a group that is training native missionaries in places like India. And in India, there is an anti-Christian movement, particularly coming out of the the Hindu faith in a um, one India, one faith sort of movement. And there are people who are being persecuted, who are being killed or beaten up or threatened, basically for their faith, for their Christian faith in India. And it's useful in situations where we have obvious opposition to understand that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. These people who are opposing the church in India are not our enemy. Now, I don't know how you respond to that. I think there's a couple different ways that people respond to that. One is, that's easy to say it's way over there. And the other one is, that's just crazy. Because I think our natural response is, when someone wants to attack us, then clearly they must be the enemy. I'm, that's kind of our definition of enemy. But consider the source of who's telling us this. This is Paul who's writing this. Paul who says that he is one of those people who persecuted Christians, even the point of delivering them over to be killed. And he's saying, we struggle not against flesh and blood. These people are not our enemy. The people who are persecuting the church in Ephesus, 
the people who drove Paul out of town, because Paul is writing back to a church after he was driven out of town by the people who thought that Christianity was a threat to their livelihood. And he says, these people are not our enemy. The people who are beating up Christians here in Ephesus or in India or wherever, these people are not our enemy. We struggle not against flesh and blood. Because, in fact, these people are the prize. It was Paul who the church thought was their enemy. And Jesus said, no, in fact, I plan to use him. I care for him, I love him, I plan to change him, and I plan to use him. And so as Paul is talking about this whole thing, he's saying, there is a struggle, there's a battle, but it's not with these people. And the next point Paul has to make, though, is that there is an enemy, and that the enemy is rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil. So he tells us there are spiritual powers. There are evil powers at work in this dark world. First of all, he says that this is a dark world. This is a world that the devil is the prince of this world, we're told by the Bible, and that there are powers at place that are trying to push us in directions away from God, and that are attacking us, and that are trying to oppose the work of God. So he says there's a struggle, and that there are there are these things that are opposing us. Not flesh and blood, but there are powers. And so Paul starts to use this analogy of the armor of God. And we won't finish this whole analogy this week, but just let's look at this a bit and expand it on a little bit, even from where Paul goes. And Paul has an opportunity to look at the armor of a soldier because at this time he is quite possibly chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day because we're told that while Paul is in chains in Rome while he is a prisoner there awaiting to stand before Caesar and present his case that he is chained to a soldier to a centurion and so as he's thinking about how do we protect ourselves he has an opportunity to look just to his right or to his left and see a soldier and think about how do soldiers protect themselves. And let's look at that a little bit because I think somewhat it depends on how much notice you have. When we looked at these verses in the retreat that I helped lead last summer, as the person who was reading these verses in front of the group I asked for a volunteer was reading them, unbeknownst to him, two high school age students ran in with fake plastic swords and attacked him and he had a very natural response which was he ran away and we started to look at what would you do if you had a little more warning and if you had a little more warning and you were being attacked you could pick up your sword and if you had say two minutes warning you could put on your armor and so I think that there is we need to look at how does this army protect itself? How does a soldier protect itself? But first I'd like to look at, well, what if you have more warning than that? What if you have more than two minutes warning? What if you, say, have an hour's warning? Well, the way the Roman army would fight is it would fight in formation. It didn't fight everybody on their own. You fought shield to shield, shoulder to shoulder. And one of the strengths of the Roman army was its organization. Also, as it camped, every night it laid out its camp as it's on patrol, as it's marching into the enemy territory. 
it would lay out a fortified camp every night, and it would always lay it out the same way, so that if you're attacked, you know where to go, you know where your group are, you're you're organized, you're prepared, and you can support one another. And I think that there's a lesson in there in the sense that if we are in a spiritual warfare, and if we are under attack, that we are also not intended to be fighting this on our own. We have people who have been given us to support us. That's part of the purpose of the church, is to support one another and to to guard each other's back. The Roman breastplate, as we'll look at next week, um, has no back to it. And basically what protects your back is, one, you don't run, and two, is you stand with others and you face the enemy. And I think that that togetherness is when Jesus looks at the church and tells Peter, Upon you, I, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, then gates are not an offensive weapon; they're a defensive weapon. So there, I think he's saying that the church will actually be moving and on the attack. But basically, that standing together is what you do if you had an hour to prepare, and then if you had half a day to prepare or a day to prepare, what the army at the time would do is they would make sure they were preparing to defend the right spot. They wouldn't put themselves in a marsh. They'd go look for the high ground. They'd go they'd go find a defensible spot. And I think one of the things as we look at this spiritual warfare and as we look at making a spiritual defense, I think one of the things we need to think about is there are places that I cannot stand. There are places I should avoid because whatever weaknesses I have this is a place that I can't make a good defense. And I think when we pray the Lord's Prayer, Lord, lead us not into temptation, there's always the version that says, don't worry, we know the way ourselves. There are places where I will be more tempted, whatever my weakness is. If my weakness is gluttony, then perhaps a bakery is going to be a tough place for me to make a defense. If my weakness is lust, then certainly an R-rated movie is some place that I'm going to have a harder time making a defense. And there are places that perhaps I should just avoid. Because I have some preparation that I'm going to be attacked. And it's the same thing the army would do, is basically, knowing that they're in enemy territory, they would make ready and they would make a place that they could defend. And I think that that's another thing that we should look at as we look at this armor of God and making defense. We'll talk more about next week about the individual pieces of the armor of God, but that'll do it for this week. And if you have any comments, go to thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. Once in a generation, a podcast comes along with the power and eloquence to inspire us all. This show will entertain you while you wait for that one. Join two best friends, author and former history teacher John Driver and comedian Johnny W. for hilarious and authentic conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. You can listen to Talk About That wherever you find your podcasts or at lifeaudio.com. 